listening to the Encounter Mercy podcast. I'm Vince Tregone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd. And I don't know about you, Andy, but uh, I don't think it's ever too early to uh, drink a pumpkin spice latte. And that's exactly what I have right here. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of my most favorite things. I've had them before. I just prefer a nice, good cup of coffee uh, with a little bit of cream. Gotta have that cream in there. For me, it's... Uh, it's heartburn. I can't do the black coffee. It always gives me really bad heartburn. But yeah, uh, if you say so, Vince, you know, it's it's eight o'clock at night. If I do coffee at this hour, I'm going to be up all night. Yeah, I have a feeling I will be too. Uh, my wife was um, craving them, so she decided to make them. Um, she found a recipe online. It's actually pretty good. Tastes similar to Starbucks. I can really only have like one or two a year. So normally I drink black coffee. I probably won't even finish this because I don't want to be up all night. Well, if you uh, if you find that you're not able to get any sleep, uh, a good book to pick up would be uh, well. What was that one you're just showing me? Oh, a Daily Defense, um, by Jimmy Aiken, and it is a 365 day plus one actually. So there's 366 because there's a bonus one in here to becoming a better apologist. And basically, I guess what uh, each day gives you a challenge to the faith as well as a defense as to why we believe the things that we do. And some of these are, you know, why do we pray to Mary? Why do we pray to the saints? Why do we have a Pope? Um, let's see, Jesus, the one mediator. Um, how do we justify bad Popes? I mean, literally just about everything um, that you mostly hear uh, objections to the Catholic faith is in here. It's actually a really good book. So, um, We're not getting paid for this, but uh, if you want to find that book, because I've I've heard about it myself as well, I couldn't tell at first. I I set my glasses down. If you go somewhere. to catholic.com, you can find it. Perfect, catholic.com. Well, I'll put a link in the uh, show description. Uh, like I said, I at first I couldn't see because I set my glasses down somewhere, <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure <laughs> where I set my glasses down. So, um, <laughs> I will end up uh, finding those. But in any event. Uh, not that we're getting sponsored by it, but hey, if uh, for some reason Jimmy Aiken ever does hear it, you know, we'd love to do something with you or collaborate. So, you know, oh, he's great. And um, you got to listen to his uh, his other podcast. Like, well, his other podcast. He's got a couple. He's on um, Catholic Answers Live as one of the mm -hmm. staff apologists. And then he has his own podcast called uh, Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. And he's kind of like a, a Trekkie. And so, like, he'll talk about aliens and he'll talk, actually, he's, he literally talks about all sorts of weird things. Um, conspiracy theories. He goes, he, he digs in pretty deep to some of the fringe elements in society. And then he, uh, he goes over the history of what happened and then, um, talks about how it affects, you know, how let's bring faith and reason into it and see how, you know, let's look through that lens and, and kind of see, was this justified? Was this not, you know, is it possible you know, did God send Jesus down to also save the aliens in another planet? Um, and and kind of digs in there. It's very interesting. Yeah, that that is a very interesting topic to um actually consider. And and not that our topic today is going to be anything about that, but I mean I've heard a lot of people, especially in the recent history or in my recent experience, um, 
people wanting to know like, okay, what if we find life on another planet? Um, do we have to baptize them? Are they saved in the name of Jesus Christ? All those kinds of things. I'd be curious to see what Jamie, a- uh, Jimmy Aiken has to say, just because it's, it's a weird topic. Well, he, he doesn't, he doesn't come out definitive because he doesn't know. And well, there's um, no answer, but you know, he, he has mentioned in the past that it, it is possible that, um, Jesus's death on the cross here affected everyone in the universe. Um, he also doesn't roll out that, um, God had his own plan, um, for salvation on other planets as well. So maybe he sent Jesus there as well, um, to die for their sins. Um, if they even exist, you know, this is all stuff that we don't know yet. And, um, Elon Musk will probably figure it out in our lifetime. Yeah. He'll be the one to take us to a planet where maybe we will have interdimensional, um, cable, et cetera. Uh, that's a shout out to anybody that might listen or, or not just listen, but watch, um, a very bad TV show called, um, uh, Rick and Morty, you know, interdimensional cable. Anyway, besides, uh, bringing up really bad stories, um, how have you been? I've been good. Um, we've been busy at work and just trying to uh, balance home and work life and, and all that fun stuff. But other than yeah. that, uh, pretty good. Well, what about you? Well, I was telling you this before, but you know, I had to have blood drawn yesterday. I uh, went in for a normal checkup. Nothing's wrong. Just normal things got to do every six months or so. And so I, <laughs> the doc says to me, hey, do you want to do your blood work today? Just get it done. I thought, well, sure. You know, I'm fasting because it's the appointment was at 830 in the morning. And um, I don't normally eat that early because I don't have to. I can have a later breakfast. So it's just sure. That's fine. Well, don't you know, for the second time ever, I passed out during giving blood. So uh, I'm a little sore, <laughs> which sounds weird, but my whole body went into convulsions uh, when my blood pressure dropped. I think I was talking with my mother about it. You know, she's not a doctor, but she has a lot of knowledge of medicine. The fact that she has her doctorate in nursing, etc. But um, she's like, well, yeah, your, your body thought that there was poison in your system. So it's going to try to expel that poison. Long story short, I'm really tired. <laughs> because I'm still trying to recover from whatever the heck happened to me yesterday. And, um, and, and of course, of course it's right now when we're getting into the worst time of the year for me for allergies. So I might sound, I might sound a little bit congested cause I, I sure feel like it, but well, I'm, I'm hopefully you sleep like a rock tonight. That's the plan. I mean, I, I have mass tomorrow morning at eight. So, but otherwise uh, I, I plan to just sleep all night. Go to bed after we record and then just crash. And, so, and, and speaking about rocks, speaking of rocks, yeah. that leads us into our subject. That's actually a really good way to lead into our subject. So last week you presented a topic and, and it was a very good one. And, and as far as I can tell, we've gotten some pretty good feedback, not anything written, but um, I've heard from a few people that listened to the podcast. They were really interested in that. And so I had to come up with a topic. And of course, what do I do? I wait till the last second to come up with a topic. But I was watching TV having my dinner and this past Sunday's gospel came into mind. And I really, uh, I was thinking about it a lot um, because it's probably one of my favorite scripture passages and really became one of my favorite scripture passages two years ago um, when I started to recognize some things in my life. So first off, I went to cathedral prep 
uh, an all-male Catholic high school in Erie. And um, my first day of school there, I was uh, well, I was a dweeb. I was a bit of a uh, loser, if you want to say. And I was nervously packing my book bag, standing at my locker. And over the uh, PA system, I hear announced that mass will begin in the chapel in just five minutes. I thought, well, you know, I'm a good Catholic boy coming from a Catholic grade school, going to a Catholic high school. What do I do best? We go to church. And so I'll go to mass. And um, I walked up and I went to mass. And it was actually, ironically, uh, when I look back at it, it was this gospel passage that day. But on top of that, whenever... Uh, Father Mike DiMartinis was running just a little bit late or I happened to get to school just a little bit early. Uh, I'd always hang out in his office before mass, before school started with a bunch of other friends of ours. Um, some people that you know too, Vince. And uh, there's like, um, uh, th there's a whole bunch of people. Of course, Jeremy and Zach Kuhn and um, Kevin McDonald and all those guys that we went to high school with, we always would hang out in Father Mike's office before class, before mass, and then before going to class. But there was on a plaque in a trophy case some award that we won in campus ministry. It was long before I was there. I think it was in the early 2000s when my brother was at prep. Anyway, the plaque was um, had this passage, who do you say that I am? And that's all said, who do you say that I am? So, I mean, I've always, I always read that every morning that I sat in front of the chapel entrance waiting for Father Mike to get to school. And um, it just kind of followed me. And then when I ended up going to Israel, of course, the first time, I didn't want to go. I, I don't do well with travel. I, I, I really, I really hate it. I hate having to go anywhere outside of Erie. I'd rather just stay home. But um, when we went to Israel, we made a trip to Caesarea Philippi. And that's where our gospel passage <clears throat> takes us to today is in Caesarea Philippi. Um, and we heard this this past Sunday, the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, year A. Um, our passage is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And the passage goes as thus. And what I'm going to do is I, I want to walk through it. I'm just going to read it once. I'm just read it once. And um, then I kind of want to break it apart because I learned some really, really fascinating things when I was in Israel. And then there's some other really fascinating things when you start to pick this apart and pay attention to it um, to see exactly what's going on. Because, you, you know, you made a comment to me today that I never would have even thought of it in this sense is how this is this is where he truly sets the foundation of the Catholic Church. And, and you know, looking on it now, absolutely, absolutely. This is where Christ sets the foundation for the Catholic Church in multiple senses of setting the foundation. Because he doesn't just set it spiritually, he actually gives a physical location to his church. And it's not just the fact of, okay, now Rome is the home. No, no, no. It, it's the fact that he's setting it somewhere particular, setting it somewhere particular. And we'll kind of walk through that and uh, find out where exactly Christ sets that. 
So as we hear in the Gospel of Matthew, it says, Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, I mean, there's just, there's so much, so much that we can start picking apart. You know, we, uh, but I think a physical understanding of this is extremely important because Christ is making a point and something happened in this region of Caesarea Philippi um, that were, uh, so first off, for anybody that has ever been to Israel, you will have gone here on your trip. So if you ever have a chance to go to Israel once this craziness of the pandemic is over, I encourage it. I encourage you to go because what an amazing experience. But um, you travel just 25 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee to an area called Golan Heights. And it's in that region at the southwestern foothills of Mount Hermon is located this place, Caesarea Philippi, which is an ancient Roman city uh, now almost uninhabited. It's actually ratherly impressive of an archaeological site. Um, and so you have this beautiful area that Christ has come to. But it's not just um, any area. It's a forum. And, and in the ancient world, a forum is the place where all the shopping happens, where the news is spread, where people meet, where people eat and chat. But this isn't just any forum. So um, picture yourself. See, I thought you were going to say before Facebook groups, there were forums online where you can just <laughs> chat. No, no, wrong forum. Now you're really showing your age. Oh, sorry. No, that'd be like saying before uh, Facebook, there was AIM and AOL. You know, that was that <laughs> my, was our generation. My before space? that Come was, on, MySpace? Anyway. Yeah, MySpace? Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, I remember when Facebook would just let you be on only if you had a .edu email address. Yeah, my was, brother was on it. I was too young. Yeah, I was too. My brother was on it and he talked about it. Anyway, back to our topic. So you're in the, it's this forum. Um, but at one end of this forum, there is a huge cave. And hopefully I can get my pictures from Israel because I think I took a few pictures of this cave. It's it's phenomenal. It's just amazing. So there's this huge, this huge hill, little bit of a mountain, and on the one face of this uh, hill is a cave, a massive cave, and it's at the one end of the forum. And uh, this cave was where the uh, farmers came to worship 
the god called Pan. And um, Pan was a wrathful, vengeful god. Pan was not a very nice person. And the way that they would come to worship Pan is down at the bottom of this cave was a stream. And this stream found its source deep within the cave. And the water would flow through the cave and out next to the forum where all the people were. And the forum was a busy place, a really, really busy place. And that's important for multiple reasons. But it's a very busy place. And deep within the cave are, uh, at the bottom of the cave, are sharp rocks, razor sharp rocks. And you could enter the cave from a little bit of a, like a, an overlook. It has a bit of a cliff. And um, what you would do, you're a good pagan farmer, Vince. So imagine yourself a good pagan farmer. You raise sheep. And you're going to take your, your start paying attention because this is when it's really important. I'm going to start saying key words. And I want you to start connecting it. You're going to figure it out real quick. You're going to take your unblemished lamb as an offering to the God Pan. And you're going to take that lamb and you're going to chuck it into this cave where it would then become impaled on the rocks. Now, remember, there is this stream flowing through the cave. And the stream that finds its source in the cave flows by the forum where everyone is standing. And when you chuck your lamb in, there are two things that could happen. The first is not too positive. You chuck your lamb in. And in the water that flows by is blood. And that means your sacrifice to the god Pan was not accepted. And that means you were screwed. Your sacrifice that year meant that you had no hope, no chance of having a good crop, good harvest that year. The other thing that could happen is that when you chucked your lamb in, your unblemished lamb, you would not see blood in the water, and it meant that your sacrifice was accepted by the god Pan. Now, Pan was a place, or was a god that stood at the gate to the netherworld. Okay? Pan stood at the gate of the netherworld. And he was the one that decided, well, not just him, but Hades as well. But Pan was one of the ones that decided where you went after you died, specifically for the farmers, because that was their main god. So you wanted to make sure you took good care of Pan because you would someday enter the gates of the netherworld. And this is, I don't know if, if you have the scripture passage in front of you and you are looking at it. I'm saying some key things here that really should start, you know, clicking. Christ is standing before the gates of the netherworld because the people called this cave the gates of the netherworld. The cave that the pagans would throw their sacrifice into, the gate of the netherworld. 
Okay. And Christ is standing there before the gates of the netherworld, speaking to Simon, who is facing Christ. They're in the forum. It's an extremely populated forum because there was a lot of people there and everyone's around them. You know, so if you've ever been in a large crowd and there's lots of people, you kind of like, they bump up against you and every conversation you have, they're going to be a part of whether you like it or not, because they're going to hear it. And Christ says to his disciples with all of these other people around as lambs are being chucked into the bottom of this cave, he says to his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So all these random people around him, Jews and uh, non-Jews alike. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? And Simon said in reply, and it was not something that he said, uh, as we hear later on uh, from flesh and blood, it, it comes from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him in reply, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Notice how he addresses Peter first. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And I say to you, you are Petrus. Petrus, rock. Peter means rock, right? All of a sudden, Simon has a new name, Petrus. You are Petrus. You are rock. And upon this rock, now, when he's talking about rock, there's there's two um obvious meanings right off the bat first we the the one that we always hear and the one that um you you brought up earlier and i you know let you get into that in a minute but he's talking about peter the faith of peter the 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 trust that the lord put in the um first pope of our church the first pope of the catholic christian church he's saying that the that rock of faith is what he sets his church on. But it's not just that. It's not just that. Because he says, I will build this, build my church upon this rock. He's also talking about the rock behind him. The rock that all of these pagans are chucking their lambs into, they're, that they're worshiping this false god. He says that on that rock, I'm also going to build my church. And it's important because the people believed that that was the gates of the netherworld. And how does he tell us what's going to happen? He says, the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. What, what, that's important. Uh, that's, like, that's so important because what? Who, who is Christ? He is the unblemished lamb, the lamb of God. And they are chucking these unblemished lambs into the cave to be sacrificed. Once and for all, Christ says he is going to build his church and he's going to end pagan worship and he's going to end pagan practices and he's going to end false worship. And he's going to end false sacrifices. He's going to end human and animal sacrifices because he is going to be the once and for all sacrifice. The gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Death shall not win. Death shall not be the answer. Death shall not be the end. Throughout all of Christ's teaching, what does he say to us? Death does not have the final word. 
gates of the netherworld should not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Another uh, way, another strict, very under, strict understanding of the sacrament of reconciliation. Whatever you loose on earth, whatever you bind on earth, either will be bound or will be loosed in heaven. And so Peter, the foundation of the church, not just because he of his faith, but because Christ said so, is where the church begins. And it, it begins not just with uh, a, a human being, but it begins in a specific place at a specific time with a specific people for a specific purpose. What is that specific place, time, people, purpose? It's Peter and the apostles. It's at that moment when Christ says, I will build my church upon this rock. What's the purpose? Because death does not have the final word. So I'm going to go with a, and I think there's multiple ways to look into this, um, but Catholic apologists have used this uh, scripture passage uh, to defend the um, the creation of the Catholic church and that Jesus established his church the way that it is today, right, right in this passage here. So when he says to Peter, when he says to Simon, you are Peter, he calls him the rock, the foundation. What did we learn about uh, building your house on a strong foundation earlier in Matthew is that if you don't, it'll wash away. And so Jesus is very particular about building his church on a strong foundation. And that strong yes. foundation is Peter. And he wants to trust Peter. Uh, he needs someone to trust when he's not here to be able to run his church. And and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against you. So no matter what, the way we kind of look into it is no matter what happens, um, the church isn't going to go away. Right. We're not going to lose. Right. The only thing that the only thing that bad could happen is for us to sin and lose our salvation because we turn away from Christ. But if we right. continue, if we, if, if we uh, look towards Christ and we, uh, we continue to do what he, uh, what he tells us to do, we, there is nothing to worry about. As you mentioned, you know, eternal life, it's not, you're not, you're not going to die and that's going to be it. So moving on to, you know, the keys uh, of the uh, kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So we look at this as uh, papal infallibility. This is how the church is able to make decisions on how we do things um, in the church that other people might look at us and say, why do you have, why does the Pope have authority to say this? Why did the Pope have authority to tell you this? Because, well, because Jesus told us that he did, that, that we did. Uh, whenever he told Peter that whatever, whatever rules that you make up on earth are going to be the same rules in heaven. And whatever you uh, not allow, whatever you say is not, you don't need to do anymore, such as uh, circumcision. Um, you don't need to do it to get into the kingdom of heaven. Um, and so that's kind of how we look at it from an apologetics perspective is this is Jesus setting up the Catholic church, not just the Christian church, um, not just another uh, form of Judaism. This is the Catholic church being set up. So if you trace the lineage of the popes all the way back, you get to Peter and you get to this very point. Um, back in the day, you had the, and, and still, still, you still have the laying on of hands. This is how you uh, become ordained. And it was such the case with the Jewish priests as well. And this goes back. 
um, for centuries. And so they had this knowledge then that we're looking at now from our perspective in year 2020. And we have to understand what they understood 2000 years ago and be able to apply that to the wording um, in these, in these passages so that we, that we're able to understand that yes, Jesus didn't just set up any church. He set up the Catholic church. And this is one of the most important pieces of scripture um, in order to lay that foundation. Yeah. And, and one of the things to understand is I specifically talked about the God Pan because it was um, one of the more worshiped gods in this area. But throughout this entire area surrounding this forum, because they weren't in a, a highly Jewish population, they were in a um, very uh, uh, Syrian, it was a Greek and Syrian um, and Roman populated area. So Christ is surrounded not just by this very large worship site of Pan. He's surrounded by all of these different um, deities. You know, all the Syrian, Greek, and Roman deities are surrounding him because there's all these idols that are placed around. And so um, you have this, you know, Christ is there in front of, like putting himself out there in front of all of the world's religions, right? He's putting himself out there in front of all the world's religions. And he's basically saying, you know, that he is greater than any other religion. He is greater than any other belief. He is greater than any other thing that we could come in contact with because he is, as Peter says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And that's, that's so different, so different than what anybody else believed about their gods. And for Peter to say this, even though it, of course, we know it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, you know, for Peter to say this out loud amongst all of these people surrounding him who would have disagreed, right? Because they would have believed in Pan or any of the other uh, fake gods. For him to say that out loud with all these people around them, what a tremendous statement of faith. Hence why Christ called Peter, because he he called him to this new role as the rock of the church, which we know as our own or our only form of salvation is the church. Yeah. And I, I just want to read real quick um, in the book that we talked about earlier, A Daily Defense, um, on continuing papacy and the uh, the keys to the kingdom. Um and this is by um, scholar F.F. F. Bruce, and uh, he's an evangelical scholar. Um, what he says is, and what about the keys of the kingdom? The keys of a royal noble establishment were entrusted to the chief steward or major uh, domo. He carried them on his shoulder in early times, and there they served as a badge of authority entrusted to him. About 700 B.C., an oracle from God announced that this authority in the royal palace of Jerusalem was to be conferred on a man called Eliakim. I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. This is a, um, uh, let's see, I'm sorry. So the new community uh, that Jesus was about to build, Peter uh, would Peter would be, so to speak, the chief steward. Um, so that's how we get the first Pope. And that's kind of, 
I just want to, you know, talk a little bit about the keys to the kingdom and in how he's able to make these decisions and how he's able to um, really make the first infallible statements as the first Pope of our church. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important because all of these themes play off of one another, that Christ is revealing to them his plan for salvation that God's plan for salvation shall come through Peter because he is the foundation of the church and that the salvation is not something that we do, but that it's Christ who is building his church on this rock. And how does he do it? Through his uh, suffering and through his sacrifice. And he then gives to his successors all the way up through today, as you mentioned before, with the laying on of hands, with the anointing of the hands, with the binding of the hands, that we are given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And it's to Peter, the successor of Peter. And that's, that's very Holy important. Father. And it's not, I'm not the rock. You're not the rock. No. You know, we're not our own popes. No. We, and this is... This is where I think some of our Protestant brothers and sisters get it wrong. And that's why there's so many different thousands of denominations of Christianity is because we're all making our own decisions as if we were our own little popes. And this is not what Jesus said. This is not what Jesus commanded and not what he did. And so we need to go back to scripture and trust in what Jesus did for us. And, and if, when you think about it that way, it's amazing that we've been here for 2000 years and we can trace our way back all the way to Peter. And if that doesn't yes. have, if that doesn't speak to you uh, with the, the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I, I don't know what does, you yeah. know, we've had murderous popes. We've had really good popes, saintly popes. Uh, we've had uh, multiple popes. Um, um, In fact, just the other day. Um, all right. So one thing I do every day when I wake up, I say, you know, I can't say her name in case you're listening on speakers and the fact that there's one A-L-E-X-A sitting here on my desk. But I wake up, I have it programmed to give me the quick headlines for the day. Then I listen to the saint of the day from Franciscan Media. And of course, you think I can remember everything? No, I, I'm really bad with my memory. Point is, one of our saints recently was a day of two saints. And ironically, one was a fake pope and one was the actual pope. And they both were cast out, and they ended up both being stuck in the same um, uh, concentration camp. And the fake pope um, apologized to the real pope and ad- admitted that he was in the wrong, and became, you know, came back into the church. And now they're both saints. It's weird. It's ironic. It's funny. So you know, you have all these crazy stories about popes, and then you have the whole controversy of today where there's the question of the vacancy of Peter, where some people will say that even our current Pope isn't the real Pope. Ridiculous. No, I don't believe it. No, no, it's a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of BS. The, 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 the sea of Peter is filled and Francis is the successor to the apostles and he is the highest of the apostles. And, you know, you can't throw American politics at the Holy Father because he's not just thinking about America. He's thinking about the entire world. And so, you know, if you just look at it through the one lens of either liberal liberal or conservatism from the United States, that doesn't do it justice. That doesn't do it justice. We need to be looking at it as a, as a Catholic. Yeah. And it's not yet, as soon as you bring politics into it, you're wrong. <laughs> 
Yes. You're going to, you, there's no way that you're going to be able to see it in the eyes that Jesus set it up for us and, yeah. and what he wants and how we need to live our lives for that. As soon as you bring politics into that, you're done. Exactly. Exactly. And so we have to have faith. We have to have trust. And we have to know that it is our faith. It, you know, it, it is this faith of Peter, the faith of the rock that is our church's foundation and that Christ shall overcome, not to sound like the song that is usually sung in rallies, but Christ shall overcome everything, everything, even the pagan gods, even the false prophets, even all of the lies, even all of the pain, even all of the suffering, Christ shall overcome that because he is the church and we, his people, follow him through his commands. And as we hear today and this past Sunday, the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, we hear him say, you are Peter, speaking to our first pope and speaking to the successors of Peter. You are Peter, the foundation of the church, and I will build this church, this church of salvation upon your faith and upon the faith of your disciples. And so we have such great hope in this gospel reading. And for me, it completely took on a new life, being able to see the space with my own eyes. Yeah. I'm pretty jealous that you get to go over there and do that. It sounds like... Well, we're going to go helps. someday. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. Absolutely love to. Might but, take until the kids are born, or not born, um, raised and out of the house and all that jazz, but we'll get there someday. Someday. Um, but I think we can use this scripture here in order to uh, to evangelize those around us. And that yes. could be from uh, atheism. That could be from paganism. That could be from uh, bringing a Protestant into the Catholic Church by using, apolog- using the apologetics version of this. I mean, this is, if you could explain it in the way that this is how Jesus set things up, it, 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 it at least you're not going to get someone to say, oh, yeah, you're right. You're going to at least get them to think about it, though. You know, the next time they yes. hear it, they're going to think about it. Um, yes. And I, the way you explained it too, you know, that that this is Jesus overcoming the other religions in the world. This is Jesus making a promise to us. Um, these are at least things that you can bring up to other people that, yes. again, they're going to think about it. And it's something that it's not... Uh, you're just going to brush off. You can at least in the back of your mind, this is easy to understand. This is easy to remember. And this is one that I remember every three years. Um, I can remember every homily that every priest has given um, during this, um, you know, th- this day uh, that, that yeah. the scripture's in. And, um, and, and I don't know why. And I, it's just something that speaks to me. And I think it's because this is the beginning. This is the foundation of our faith. This is where things, this is where Jesus started his church after he, left earth after, Amen. you know, before he went into heaven, this is where he kind of yeah. left things. His entire, his, uh, you know, just a final thought on my end, his entire um, point of coming here is for salvation. We know that the whole point of Christ coming to earth is to extend a hand of salvation from God to his people. And all of scripture from the Old Testament all the way through to Revelation is a love story between God and his people and how God interacts with his people. And in a very clear way, 
Christ gives us a commandment. He gives us a declaration of his church. And so as a good Christian Catholic, we are to follow our leader who has given us this command. So let us follow him, um, especially as we answer his question, who do you say that I am? Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, Vince, guess what? Hey, I, I wanted to make a quick announcement before you get there yeah. because uh, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the last two weeks we've been releasing episodes on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. We're now switching to Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. And that's that's that's, that's kind of just um, uh, internally it helps us get things recorded on time and so that we're not rushing. So uh, I appreciate your patience with us there. And from now on, it'll be Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. And this is a great lead in because I don't think uh, you don't even know where I'm going with this. We got a new phone number. We do. We do. And uh, if you want to call in feedback, because, uh, you know, with this new name, uh, name change, no, we're not changing our name date day change when we're coming out on Thursdays. Now, if you want to go to our website, encounter, uh, mercy.com slash contact. You can get our new phone number, which, and of course I don't have it set up in time and I'm taking my good old time. Let's see contact. Come on computer. You know, you can do this a little quicker. You can call us at 814-636-6412 and we will get a, uh, you can leave us a voicemail and we'll get an email and be able to play your voicemail back on the podcast. So if you have any questions, comments, or uh, thoughts, or if you just want to, Give us a little bit of encouragement, please. We would love it. We'd love to share it with our listeners as well. So join us live more so, or at least your voice is going to be live when we record things. If you can leave us some voicemail. That'd be fantastic. And uh, I, sorry if I was a little spaced out there. I just got a text from a, a guy at work. It looks like his appendix just burst. So he just went to the hospital. So, Oh, let's pray for let's him. Pray for him. And also, uh, I'd like everyone to pray for um, all those who are going to be affected by the hurricanes down in Louisiana yes. and uh, and in Texas and the Houston area. Uh, I got some family down there and they're all getting ready to evacuate if if necessary. So let's keep yes, all of, of those people. people in our prayers. And Amen. Uh, do you have anything else, Father Andy? You can, of course, find us online at EncounterMercy.com and anywhere that podcasts are located as well as on your Alexa device. Just say, hey, Alexa, play me the Encounter Mercy podcast. Okay, Uh, you might not be able to hear it, but guess what? Alexa now syncs with Apple Podcasts, so you can get that. So join us there and we will see you next time.